serious CBD. The best CBD products on the planet. Over 100 five-star reviews. Can verify authentication. Gold in full spectrum. Full panel lab tested. What is full panel lab testing? Cannabinoids and terpenes. Pesticides. Mycotoxins. Solvents. Heavy metals. Microbials. Foreign matter. Get serious. Serious CBD. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. I know why you're here, Neil. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep. Why you live alone and why night after night you sit at your computer. You're looking for him. I know because I was once looking for the same thing. And when he found me, he told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. It's the question that drives us, Neo. It's the question that brought you here. You know the question, just as I did.
Anyway. Anyway, part two. Part two. And let me bring this skeleton um, back over here. Yep. Our oldest son died. He died of a reaction to a prescribed drug. And that, that whole horror led me to do the advocacy kind of work that I've been doing for decades. And essentially, like many of those psychiatric drugs, they're put out in a way, the way the COVID injections, the experimental injections are. They are not tested properly. The promise is always, we're going to save money. We're going to save the government a lot of money with this new drug that now costs $8,000 a year. That was the drug then, and that was the first one that had such a huge price tag on it, Clozero, because it was going to clear out the hospitals and it was going to do all these magic things. Yeah, right. They never told you about the casualties that the drug caused. The childhood vaccines now, most of them, are cocktails. The beauty for industry of cocktails is you cannot blame adverse effects on this drug or that drug or the other, because they're all in there. How do you know which one? It's a wonderful way to cover it all up. The heavy-handedness of government um, dictating suddenly how you were to live your life. Uh, in fact, stopping you from li living your life. Um, and the barrage of the narrative, of the single narrative, that didn't ring right. Just, it didn't ring right. And as time went on, it became apparent that there was something going on, that we were being herded, sort of pushed as a herd. It began quite early. Uh, for example, New York was portrayed, you know, so many thousands dying and the hospitals being overwhelmed. And yet there were some people who went in with their cameras, with their videos, and showed empty hospitals in New York. There were some hospitals that were indeed overcrowded, but that's because everyone was being sent to just a certain number of hospitals. So that, you know, that's a big lie. And so I realized that panic was being fomented. Panic was being fomented so that people would lose confidence in their ability to discern things. And so the best way is listen to government, what they say, public health officials, the experts. And that's, of course, exactly what they were told day and night by every media outlet. When they came up with the experimental vaccines, 
and restricted, immediately began to restrict people who weren't going to line up, who weren't going to show that they were vaccinated, couldn't travel. And when they, you know, shut schools and on and on, it, it became very, very apparent. That's when I started to see, wait a minute. Because, of course, I was active by then and I was uh, aware of alternative sources of information. And it didn't pan out. What they were telling us officially didn't pan out with, with what people on the ground, witnesses, were saying. And that became more and more apparent each day. It became apparent that you really, that you cannot trust what officials are telling you. They have a different agenda than you think. Those who are responsible for the pandemic have used two of the weapons that the Nazis used, which was fear and propaganda. Propaganda feeds the fear, foments it into, you know, hardens it even more so. And that's what has been happening here. At that time, the fear was against Jews who were accused of being spreaders of infectious disease. The thing that I realized and was horrified by was that medicine, which under the Nazis had been totally taken over by government, and they were the ones that drew up the protocols for the genocide. And it began, medical murder actually began with the T4 program where disabled German infants and young children under the age of three, they were the first victims. And they were followed by the mentally ill, the physically disabled, and finally the nursing homes. Lo and behold, to my horror, in March and April of 2020, governments all over Western Europe, United States, Canada, Australia, in other words, the wealthiest countries in the universe issued governments in those countries issued directives to hospitals not to treat the elderly. It was a genocide. Andrew Cuomo, who was governor of New York at the time, before he issued that murderous order which slaughtered 15,000 elderly New Yorkers, he predicted this virus in nursing homes will be like fire through dry grass. And for his, <laughs> for his effort, he was given a media award. What this has to do with, actually, is utilitarian philosophy. The utilitarian philosophy, which is eugenics, looks at only the practical and they put a value on human lives. Some human lives are worthy and some are unworthy. And the elderly are regarded as an economic burden, unworthy. The Nazis called them worthless eaters. Here they've never, in the West, they've never owned up to the genocidal policy against the elderly. No one has been tried. And 
many, many millions have been spent for genocide. My Dazalem was bought in huge quantities, both in the UK and the United States, and it was prescribed in very high doses, doses that are lethal. It was with full intention. There's no getting away from it. This was genocide. This was mass murder to be rid of the economic burden. Andrew Cuomo actually was persuaded to do it by the insurance industry of New York to give immunity to the hospitals and to nursing homes. And they got rid of the economic burden. People who paid insurance all their lives and then the insurance company was able to just walk away, didn't have to pay. When we watched the Nuremberg trial, when we saw the Nazi high command uh, being convicted, which was wonderful. But you know who really should have sat in that box? Henry Ford, Rockefeller. Henry Ford in 1938 got the Medal of Honor equivalent from Hitler himself. Rockefeller owned the company that made Zyklon B gas to gas the Jews. GM made 75% of the trucks for the Nazi war machine. IBM provided the primitive computer uh, punch card system uh, in order to uh, manage the concentration camps. They got off with not even a mention. So my biggest concern is, yeah, Fauci has to go. I get it. And there's a lot of low-hanging fruit, a lot of people in the politicians and who are, you know, accessories to genocide. But the top. the top, unless we cut off the head of the top, they're just going to do it again. There's another thing. Hitler couldn't have done what he did by himself. And we have now common threads, familial and certainly corporate. The big corporations and the banks, industries that gave Hitler his capabilities, they are now continuing. IBM is a perfect example. Without IBM, there would not have been six million may have been two million, but the efficiency of IBM technology enabled industrialized level genocide. And they are now at it fully again. It was the IBM passport that Governor Cuomo, New York State, uh, contracted. What people need to understand is that the digital identity that they now are pushing, that is the ticket to slavery. Once they have that identity and they intend to embed it in our bodies, they have then full control of our lives remotely. You won't even know who it is. Doesn't have to be your enemy whom you know. No, remotely, click, click, they can stop 
everything. They can stop your bank account. They can stop your credit account. They can take your mortgage. They can do anything they want if they have your identity. So for people to go blindly into that is worse than suicide. Trudeau gave a hint. He showed that he can, you can stop your bank accounts, mortgage. I mean, he even uh, separated children from the truckers. This is, I mean, this is so insidious. This is so horrific that if people don't understand that this can happen to them if they don't accept the fifth shot or the sixth shot. That's exactly what the kind of power and authority that one would be giving up if one continues along the road of obeying. Obedience is the road to slavery. Since uh, a year and a half ago, I became an activist in all the pandemic uh, situation. I was really burning from the inside and I cannot sit still and see things happening and for the sake of my kids and all the other kids, I really should uh, do something about it. Um, especially living in the Netherlands, which was uh, part of the Second World War. Walking in here in the streets uh, um, in demonstrations and seeing the brutality of the police and the tyranny um, it really, it's really made me think about the past, my grandparents, um, all the stories I've heard at home. Um, so yeah, it, for me it was really um, important to be part of the, 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 the resistance of what's happening. Um, so yeah, I started to participate in uh, demonstrations here and um, to see what else can I do with activism. My name is Joshua Steilman. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. I am a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Um, my grandmother was Gloria Steilman. My grandfather was Harold Steilman. Um, they, they both survived concentration camps and um, as did all of the remaining relatives from my family. They were from Poland. Benzin Susnauwisser and lots and uh, my my grandmother was the sole survivor of her whole town in fact mm -hmm. um yeah uh, all of her siblings parents all of her neighbors perished and she was she wound up um connecting with a cousin from a couple of towns over and they married uh two brothers my grandfather and my uncle um and my grandfather had three brothers who all made it through the camps together um he lost two sisters and their other sister, my aunt Brunka, uh, hid, in, hid in an attic for a few years. And she was, she was about this big and a ball of fire. I got to know most of them. And I also got to know the entire extended family because they, they're, everyone in their lives were all survivors. They, like, they were all friends that came over on the boat together, and in, which was in 1949. Um, first, they went to the Lower East Side and lived in a tenement. They eventually settled in Brooklyn. But every everyone they knew socially, which is to say, everyone I knew socially as a kid, was you know considered kind of part of the Mishpacha, you know, part of the extended family. 
I, I own I own a business, own a business called Freeze Brewing, um, which is based here in Brooklyn. I have a, a dear friend who um, is part of my own kind of COVID awakening. Is something someone who I talked to extensively about what was going on, and we we got into a heated debate, and he started telling me about things like, you know, escape immunity and variants that were going to come and things like vaccine mandates and admittedly i waved my finger in his face and said what are you talking about this is this is the united states of america how could they're they're not going to ask us to show papers and i i don't think i've ever been so preposterously wrong in my entire life um because unfortunately my friend was right and he he in fact said wait until august and then like clockwork august 1st rolls around and the delta variant came and um as did the announcement about the vaccine mandates in new york and i was i was very upset i was upset I was, and i was talking to anyone who was um, in my personal orbit my professional orbit and much to my dismay um the people around me didn't really see a problem with it and that was just so surprising to me really smart good people people who i've known for years good friends of 20 years um who you know and then and i would make comments like that because at that time we we knew already that, that there were breakthrough infections right so we we knew that the vaccine did not stop the transmission and i started talking about you know how i i under you know again i'm not opposed to the vaccine i don't know a lot about it uh for the record i i i got the j and j shot uh last spring um i sort of rationalized it with you know I put enough crap into my body my whole life. How bad could it be? Sort of thing. Um, and then I remember when my friend was saying, "Well, are you going to get your children vaccinated?" My reaction was, "Why would I? Kids are at no risk from this disease, and it's and it's experimental." And he said, "What's going to happen when they make you?" And again, I said, well, "What are you talking about? How could they make me get my children vaccinated for this?" So my, my as the months went on, my own frustration. Uh, certainly ratcheted up um my confusion ratcheted up um i think in part because i felt like everyone around me is sort of in a daze not really paying attention to what's going on uh, my name is revital floman i live in israel in jerusalem except my uh, grandmother and father uh nobody survived uh, my grandma was a partisan my father, uh, he was 10 years old when uh, it uh, all began in, uh, in Belgium. He was uh, taken to a church. He was, uh, you know, he was uh, bl with blonde hair and uh, blue eyes. So uh, they uh, hide him in a, in a church for a while. Uh, he was part of the um, the choir. There was a priest there that uh, knew my grandma, and this was the, the connection. So he, he agreed to, uh, you know, to hide him for a little time until until he he felt that it was too dangerous for him. Then uh, my father moved all over Belgium in the forest, in the in farms. He just uh, met with the nice people. He took him from one place to another place. Usually didn't know anybody. 
he wasn't in contact with his mother until uh, the end of the war. And his father was taken in the very uh, first Aktia in, uh, in the street to Auschwitz. So we never saw him again. His uh, sister uh, uh, was taken to Auschwitz also. It was a really a big trauma for him, of course. But he didn't talk about it. My grandma didn't tell us anything. My great-grandfather, Alexander Timofeyevich, he was a soldier with the Soviet army fighting the war. And eventually in Germany, he was captured along with a thousand other Russian soldiers. And so they were sent to a concentration camp. And then afterwards he was moved to another one. In one of the concentration camps, there was a guard who had beaten up one of the prisoners and then took a leak on him. My great-grandfather, he saw this. And so he went straight to the control tower or the place where the people who were running the camp were sitting. And he, he told them what had happened. They threw him out of the window from the third story and he broke some bones. They assumed that he probably died from the fall, but he survived. When he was kind of crawling away, he found a, a plastic bag. And he said that this plastic bag was probably the reason why he survived the war. Because a lot of the people in the camp who died, they died from cold lungs. Uh, they got sick from the cold. At night, when it was really cold, he was using this plastic bag to breathe into it to keep his lungs uh, warm. And so they, they had to, to work in these concentration camps with uh, manual labor. He was in the second concentration camp. There was a, a wealthy Austrian woman whose husband was an officer of the Austrian army who was fighting against the Soviets. She wanted some personnel at home. And so uh, she went to this camp and bought some slaves to work for her. And my great-grandfather was one of them. When they got to her place, they were very hungry and they were very cold and they had trouble breathing. And my great-grandfather, he said to the other two, don't eat too much too fast because they were served some food. And one of the others, he just ate because he, he'd been hungry for so long. He just ate and he actually died from that. So my great-grandfather, he was working for her and <laughs> believe it or not, she happened to, uh, to fall in love with him. He was a, a handsome and strong Soviet man and they actually got a baby together. When this baby was one years old, he kept saying that he wanted to get back to his wife and children in Russia. And she kind of helped him to dodge problems. Like when the Austrian soldiers were going to come, she kind of helped hide him. But then when the Soviet soldiers were approaching a specific area and she found out, then, then she let him know when to leave and where to go to likely find the Russian soldiers. And so he went into the forest. There were Soviet soldiers there and they found him. And then he rejoined the army and he continued to fight the war until the, the war was over. Morality, values are not taught in medical school. And to make proper value decisions when it's difficult, when you need to perhaps sacrifice, requires a very strong moral compass, without which um, you get swept away by the tide of tyranny. 
So to, to stand up to the world and say, you are all wrong. There is no medical reason to vaccinate children, but there is other reasons, which is if you want to create a slaves that are bound to a certain system, a control mechanism, then that's a very uh, useful technique. So what's going to happen is like this. They get about Apple Pay or credit cards or paper money, any fiat currency. Um, there's going to be a one world global cryptocurrency, which is going to be controlled by a few global powers. And in order to participate in this system, you will need to be a transmitter of biometric data. So essentially, every, every home will have a scanner. And let's say I want to order bread. I order bread. I, I scan my hand. I go, it gets credited or whatever to my account. Probably some drone will deliver the bread. Now, what if I don't want to be tagged with a digital identifier? What if I don't want my location known 24-7 by some government body? Well, then I won't be able to participate in, in financial transactions legally. I mean, there'll be a black market. But, uh, what if the government doesn't like what I say? That's happened. So you see, this is modern day slavery. Slavery has always been the most lucrative industry in, in human history. Yep. And we have a few um, global psychopaths, sociopaths, that have engineered a brilliant plan, evil but brilliant, to uh, enable the enslavement of uh, humanity, basically. The vaxxed and unvaxxed become the collision. But this is a government-dictated division. This is nothing in real biology or real life or anything. It's essentially to reward the obedient and to punish the, those who question and don't follow in lockstep. Lockstep is really the, the um, objective. Every, they want every person in the world to march in lockstep to whatever order is given. This is where we're going. That's called slavery. We have been lied to from the get-go. Every single aspect of the public health directives and restrictions were based on lies, falsehoods. While they tell us, they admonish us to follow the science, first of all, nobody is following the Ten Commandments. They're more important. That's human. That's human values. Thou shalt not murder. And this is rampant murder. This is the um, degree to which uh, we've been lied to is really quite <laughs> staggering. They define for it began with the definition of a pandemic. 
The World Health Organization called it a pandemic when they had no evidence of a pandemic. A pandemic used to be defined by the number of deaths. Instead, this was by cases. Cases using a totally inappropriate PCR test. So that ensured that there would be a lot of cases because that one is known to have false positives. That's what it's about. Everything was dishonest about it. And the, the tragedy is that the medical profession, once again, abandoned Hippocratic medicine in which they took an oath of first do no harm to the individual. They became just like under the Nazis, agents of the state who gave their seal of approval to infanticide, euthanasia, and genocide. We're talking about what many foremost world-renowned scientists, doctors, are calling these experimental shots a biological weapon for, ben for genocide. It came out again recently that the Biden administration provided the media, all of them, every one of them, both the social and the other, as if they even needed more money, but a billion dollars for propaganda to only run positive stories about the COVID so-called vaccines. Why would you need to bribe them? Why would you need, there are states that offered bribes for parents to vaccinate their children. What kind of a society is that? What kind of a society? That, that's, that's barbarism. We learned history and we believed in what they told us. Um, but today I understand that all these people who are in the government are actually puppets. They're following orders. They're not speaking their minds. But yeah, it, it, it's still so difficult to understand how the land of the Jews was supposed to, to, to be a, a safe place for, for, for the Jewish people, mainly. For those who survived the Holocaust, for the second generation, how can they participate in such an evil plan? This is beyond me. And more, more, more than that, how the survivors who are still alive don't see the parallels they, they don't don't see how yeah that, that it's 90, 1948 all over again. This is beyond me. And the only answer I have I, 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 the, the people in charge are, are not speaking their own mind. They are controlled by, by higher level um, voices for power. Well, I believe first of all that the government, is a reincarnation of Joseph Mengele. And they're finishing the job of what Hitler started. And the proof is that Israel now has one of the highest death rates uh, from COVID, from Omicron. 
That's what the government is saying. What's interesting is that no one else is dying from Omicron. Yeah. Because Omicron is, it's very contagious, but it doesn't affect the lower airway. It, in most cases, just affects the upper airway. Most people recover. Um, so why are Israelis dying from Omicron? Which they are. Well, perhaps there's another reason. Israel is the most immunized country in the world, especially from the perspective of multiple boosters. For example, Israel is the most, has the most people uh, who got four shots. Now, there are over 30 peer-reviewed papers that show that these vaccines damage the immune system, the innate immune system. They damage something called natural killer T cells. Um, also, it, they suppress tumor suppressor genes. We're seeing a huge spike in like weird cancers around the world, actually. But uh, and people dying from opportunistic infections that they usually wouldn't die from. And there's a reason. There's there's a term for that. It's an acquired immune deficiency syndrome, which is, has an acronym, it's called AIDS. Now, before people go nuts, they, they go nuts. I don't care, I actually like it. They call it the V-AIDS vaccine, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. I prefer to call it AIDS because it sends the message stronger. It's not HIV. No, it's actually AIDS, right. HIV is a virus that yeah. damages the immune system and causes AIDS. It's true. But there are other things that can damage the immune system, like this poison death shot. So the Israeli government permitted, signed a deal with the devil, Albert Burla, who won the Genesis Prize, which is the equivalent of the Jewish Nobel Prize this year. Um, and he called on CNBC Israel, the biggest laboratory in the world. And what they've done is given a large percentage of their country AIDS. They've destroyed the immune system of half of the Jewish people in Israel. Well, it's 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 going exactly by the uh, by the Goebbels playbook. There are several things in it. First of all, of course, it's the big lie. You keep repeating and repeating and repeating, and then it becomes the only truth that you've ever heard. And that's how people are really kind of. If one can have a dialogue, that's the way that everybody knows. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows. The thing is, though, that if everybody knows, then maybe it's a lie, because everybody. In the real life, in a real democratic society, everybody doesn't agree. Everybody argues. But here you're not allowed to argue. The minute you argue, you become a conspiracy theorist. I wish, I wish that it was only a theory. But I know that in the 30s, before the Holocaust, what led up to the Holocaust was this disbelief that Hitler meant what he said. Klaus Schwab is a perfect example. His father uh, had a factory, it, which it was both in Switzerland and in Germany. 
Hitler gave him a national award as one of the wonderful um, companies. They had slave labor. Uh, the family business provided Hitler with uh, heavy military use equipment. And Klaus Schwab went in his footsteps. He was involved in South Africa providing nuclear weapons to the apartheid regime. He then went to Harvard, was a protege of Henry Kissinger, and then went on to form the World Economic Forum, which again is really supported by others, by, by the oligarchs. What they've been doing is slowly putting uh, authority and power into global uniform agencies like the World Health Organization, the United Nations, World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg, there are a whole bunch of them. We, small fry, haven't been paying much attention to those because this is really the oligarchs, you know, the billionaires, the and But they have managed to include uh, heads of state from all stripes. Putin was also a World Economic Forum graduate. This club is who we are really fighting. And be, behind this club are others who always remain behind the curtain. We don't know all the names, but we know some of the players. What is interesting to know, all these people are unelected by anyone. They are absolutely intent on demolishing democracy in any and every form. Uh, what is now called democracies are not democracies anymore because they don't represent the interest of the people that they rule. My name is Marion Schmidt. I was a guide in KZ Memorial in Dachau. I always uh, ask how could uh, this Nazi regime, uh, how could it happen? How right. could our parents put up with having all the rights taken away from them. Right. Why didn't they say no? I'm searching for an answer and I'm <laughs> searching today for an answer. Dachau was the first concentration camp um, of Germany, um, uh, built it in March uh, 1933 and um, was a mod model to op oppress people. You can see photos with a background of uh, torture, of how to have the prisoners work, medical experiments. First came fascism, then yep. came war. These are two brothers inseparably linked. I always said anyone who wants to provoke a war has to lie. Now we have had the situation with Corona and um, all uh, the oppression of our democratic rights. In November, young people over 14 years 
aren't allowed to come into the memorial uh, site if they aren't vaccinated. I, I cried. I cried because of this. I myself was oppressed. It was not allowed to speak about this. The division between unvaccinated and vaccination already a violation. The demonstration, I have done uh, nothing other than demand. We want come back to these democratic rights. The reaction came uh, four weeks later. I was no longer allowed to work and I am um, in struggle with the leader of uh, the memorial uh, site. We have uh, a study by the Berlin charity expects around 500,000 serious vaccination complications in Germany. That yeah. is 40 times more than previously stated. I think it's necessary to say to people, learn of history. This is what we have to do for our children, for, for the future. The problem with the dictatorship is now we have the face of a soft dictatorship. And this is the problem to see what is behind. If the mask is uh, uh, from the face, what is behind? Behind is reactionary, fascistic ideology, and it's very dangerous. Albert Einstein said, being blind is not wanting to see. Comparing does not mean equating. In my um, head was a song from Tracy Chapman. Uh -huh. No. Talking about a revolution, uh, it sounds like a whisper, and I think um, that's necessary. Mm. Talking about revolution. So from from the beginning, I knew something is wrong. A few people in, in Tel Aviv, we were about 20 to 30 people, and they wanted to speak with each other, and you know, we felt that we cannot talk with people around us. We grew, we started about 30 people, 20 to 30 people. In the last summer, we were about four to 5,000 there. I developed <laughs> my conscience to open my eyes what is really happening, what is going on with the WHO and Klaus Schwab and all, all his friends there and the New World Order. In Jerusalem, we are very, very few activists. Every week on the Thursday, we are going out to a small demonstrations. We are doing it uh, almost a year. I think my, my grandma uh, genes are, are in me. She was a, an activist. She was a partisan, so you know. The first times that I was in the street, it was obvious to me that I'm keeping on what she's starting there to, to speak, not to be uh, frightened and to, to investigate, not to listen to the main media. But my brothers are not like that. We say here in Israel, the ones who are still sleeping, we call, her, we call them the sleepers, believe what they hear in the main media. This is my sister. 
when we are demonstrate in Jerusalem between the market and the very religious uh, neighborhoods, we meet there with a lot of Orthodox and they're all awake, they're all awake, but the the rabbis don't let them to, to be in the streets. They have flyers of their own in their neighborhoods, in the synagogues. They really know everything. I think I'm fighting for, for my life, for your life, for the life of everybody, everybody in, on this earth. In one way, I, I understand the sleeping people, sleepers, it was brainwashed all the time, almost 24 hours a day. And they can't believe somebody wants to harm them. This is in one hand. The other hand, I feel uh, something like anger. Because if we were a mess, okay, really a mess, and we were on the streets, it can complete it can you know be completely something something else something else but i think now in israel the lies are starting to rise there are a lot of injured from the jobs i myself know about around 10 people around me N not all of them you know connect uh, what is going on with them with the jobs but but for me it's obvious it's obvious so something is going on in, in israel but with that, the dictatorship is also being uh, faster than it was. And it was about four months ago, five months ago. Yeah, aggressive of the police, of our rights. There is a rule in Israel, like was in uh, Nazi Germany, you know, the Chokas emergency law, emergency law. In the Nazi Germany, in the 34, it was, or all the authority is, is not in the Congress or something, in just a, in one hand. They can do everything they want. They, they don't have to, to ask for the permission of the Knesset. I, I think it's not just in Israel. So I, I think we, we know right now that all the politicians in Israel are, are really some are puppets, you know. Somebody is operating them, we are sure. Because last year, we changed the parliament and nothing changed. It became worse. The people that were before in the opposition and shouting about all what is going on, when they elected, they did everything the same. We were just living in an illusion that we we have a democratic country and we can decide what we want. Now I know for sure it was an illusion. 50, 60 years of illusions. And, uh, and you know, there are some of, some of the parallels actually because back then you know, the Jews had problems with, with running a business. They, they couldn't, they weren't allowed to and uh, and people were, were treating them poorly just because of being Jewish. And now I'm hearing stories of, for example, a, a Russian woman who has a little health shop somewhere here in Denmark. And then the customers were, were coming and just telling her to shut down the business and, and leave Denmark, go back to Russia. And these kind of things happen 
when uh, when it's wartime and when people see each other as the as the enemy and this is what i think is the most dangerous thing also as a psychologist i think it's uh, it's very interesting how people's uh, mentality can change completely and even now i can i can hear the way that people are talking about Russians and that Facebook allows hate speech as long as it's against Russians. I think it's insane. I'm hearing people saying that, yeah, you should just kill all Russians or people posting these kind of things. And and that's no problem because that's politically correct now because now Russia is the enemy again. Usually there's more than one side to each story. And it's very much from one side that we're hearing this in in Denmark and in the West. We have the Western version of the story and then there's the Russian version of the story. And even if the Western version of the story was the absolute truth, what does that have to do with me? And what does that have to do with some people who are now not allowed to join the Special Olympics uh, because of being Russian? This is insane. And it's the same kind of thing that was done to the Jews at that time. People are treated poorly for the greater good. And it's uh, this is wrong, it's fascism. That's what that is. A Russian woman was supposed to have a, an opera concert in, in Denmark this year, and this had to be canceled because she's Russian. The Russian Orthodox Church in Copenhagen, people were throwing red paint on it or, and uh, vandalizing writing Zs equals Nazi symbol. And that's because the Z is what is used on, the, on Russian tanks. And I think this is the worst thing you could possibly say to a Russian after World War II. World War II is completely ingrained in Russian DNA and in Russian mentality uh, because everybody has lost some family member to that war. And I think it's similar also to the Jewish, that it's something that is a very personal subject. It's like calling Jews Nazis. That's not, it's not okay. Three months ago, I wrote a letter to my child. I have two. And I wrote them that I'm very sorry they are not going to live in the same atmosphere as I lived. And, and it's my duty to fight for them. To go till the end. I, I'm not, I told them, I'm not going to stop. Masks are not mandated anymore. But you see young child in the street are wearing this mask. It's, it's awful. And when I see now, you know, the, the, the photos from China, what is going there now is it's awful. I know that if we're not going to stop it, it's going to be here. Globalists there are so strong, have so many. We are the, the small people. What are we going to do? I, I think the last two years, it was something like an obedience test. Okay? And they won. They won. The obedience here in Israel was extreme. Nine million uh, people in Israel, six million took the first job. The second job, three million. The third one, about a million. So there, there is less obedience, but uh, more violence. But I think here in Israel, because most of the policemen were in the army. Three years of army making you uh, less human. They were with a mask over the face. They're trying to do things like that. They're taking actions to bring on the, their agenda, the agenda 2030 and everything. And as I said, 
they're not stopping. You know, in, in Europe, there is going to be a digital passport in July. I was sure it, it will come here to Israel. So they're not stopping. In the one currency all over the world, in one bank all over. Mm -hmm. I think if we are going to, to be together all over the world, you know, all the awakened people, and do something together, but we, we have to align with each other. This is, this is my dream. It's really my dream right now that we all all protest in the same day, 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 all over the world, and we will be masses in the streets. And and now it's it's our turn to empower people, not to not to obey, and not to be afraid. We have power. We the people. We have a sentence in Israel. We're not going to give up, ever. Yeah. <laughs> Antigone uh, Michaelides said, Upper West Side Story. My son's middle school holiday, holiday show featured a song where the kids holding Pfizer and Moderna signs were singing, If You're Not Vaxxed, You're No Friend of Mine, to the tune of Safety Dance. One in five kids at that school are unvaxxed. So, you know, we teach our kids not to bully. We teach, we, we hear so much about inclusion and, you know, making sure that, that, you know, everyone is treated the same in a society. And I, I saw that and I, I was just so appalled that in a, a city that I thought was supposed to be progressive and inclusive, we are ostracizing children because their parents made a determination that they don't want to give them an experimental medicine because they think that there's a greater uh, risk to reward ratio. And it just, it seemed absurd to me. Most interestingly, I got a call from the New York Times. And I have to admit, I was a little excited to talk to the reporter from the New York Times. And she called me and I got into my family heritage and the background and I said, I reiterated, I'm not talking about the Holocaust. I'm not talking about 1943. I'm not talking about gas chambers. I'm telling you the way the way this started, and I know this from hearing the stories my whole life, was exclusion from basic public life. The health passed in Germany and and subsequently throughout Europe banned Jews from bars and restaurants and museums and libraries, much like New York City in 2021. Um, and similarly, doctors kind of went along with it. And doctors said that this was, you know, the press went along with it. They demonized Jews as, as being dirty. They, they had lice and thus typhoid and were a danger. And this is, this, is, this is my family's story. So a few minutes later, I see the New York Times wrote a piece um, that essentially called me an anti-Semite. And not, not explicitly in those terms, but that was certainly the tone. It, it did not mention my family heritage. It did not even mention I was Jewish. And from there, uh, people got really angry and people started calling. Um, customers were calling. We have, you know, we do a lot of events in our space. And I'm, a, I'm a danger to public health. Um, by the way, I've been complying all the time. That's the most frustrating part of the whole thing. Um, because I, I could have just not complied quietly, but I, com I, I sort of got the worst ends of the deal. <laughs> we complied the whole time. And yet we, I still pay the price. So customers were canceling. Um, 
we have a big wholesale business that you know people were outraged. Of course, my team started reaching out to them and they're like, wait, this guy's Jewish? Oh, it didn't say that. But again, we we don't have the voice of the New York Times and we we lost control of the narrative. Look at any atrocity in human history, it starts with the othering of people. And yeah, and this is this is where we are now. My my point was human beings are entitled to determine what they put in their body. And I, I believe the Nuremberg Code guaranteed that. Um, informed consent. And we violated that. And we violated a whole bunch of international laws. So there there is no justification for any of this. It's it's either comically stupid or straight up evil. And initially, I thought it was just incompetence. The signs are all there that this is this is not an accident. They're all going in in a direction that is against the truth. And these the systematic suppression of information, whether it be about early treatments or efficacy of drugs or deadliness of disease, they're all going the same way. And I don't know, I I, I didn't start out as a raging conspiracy theorist, but at this point, I don't, the evidence is so damning and so obvious that there is there is quite obviously an agenda. And then it's just a question of what is that agenda and what can we do to preserve just humanity? Not to speak in hyperbolic terms, but and no one's coming to save us and all we have is each other. It's a little bit of 1984, a little bit of Brave New World, a little yep. bit of Fahrenheit 451 with like a Matrix wrapper. The ingredients I understood. I understand, don't trust the pharmaceutical companies, obviously. You know, the governments lie to you, of course. But the the recipe was just so hard to get your head around. But once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I I, I don't want to go back there, which is why again I I know this is a global thing. I don't I don't think I can run from anywhere, but I also that that's not my goal. I personally I I just need to be around people who who see it and are ideologically aligned and committed to fighting it. And sadly, it seems like this once great city has, has fallen. There's a, you know, there, I saw this bar curve on, or is a bell curve rather on who, who had vaccine hesitancy and like the, the most educated and the least educated. Yeah. And it's, it's the, it's the middle. Um, you know, my, when I told this to my aunt who I mentioned earlier, my father's sister, yeah. She said, you sound, she, she grew up there, or they, they grew up, their, their kids grew up in Staten Island. And, you know, they sound, they sound like they're from Staten Island. And my, she's like, you sound, you sound like your cousin. He's telling, he's been telling me, Bill Gates wants to put a microchip in your head. And he sounds crazy. I said, you know, uh, <laughs> it might not play out exactly that way, but it's, you know, the, the microchips are being tested in Sweden right now. And it's, he's not totally wrong about this. Wow. This is overwhelming. I mean, who wants to, to, to know about this? Who wants to, to understand that this is what's really going on, that there are people who wants to, to, to hurt us, that the government who we trust, that we think that they work for us, are actually working now against us. I can understand these people who prefer to, to shut their eyes and keep on living as if nothing happened. But on the other hand, cannot do this anymore. Shutting your eyes is, is not an option anymore. People need to get to, to wake up, especially 
those wealth kids, the next generation, which is totally lost. We always been wondering how did it happen in the Holocaust? That we people went, uh, they say like sheep, and they didn't resist, they didn't do anything. But now we get the answer. We can see how easy it is for those who knows what they're doing. How easy it is to control people's mind. My grandma, Holocaust survivor, said for me to promise to her that I will do whatever it takes not to let it happen again. She wanted me to know and to understand not only what happened, how it happened. When you look at pictures for like from 1941, you see the soldiers quite relaxed, you know, not even wearing their weapons and even the inmates waving to the camera and smiling and so on. And you ask yourself, how could this be that you see this kind of like okay pictures? Well, because it wasn't that bad, it progressed. The Nazis did everything they can to appear that they want to keep the peace, they want to keep the order, they don't want to hurt anybody, they're, they're just doing their best, convincing them that this is good for them.
nicht kein Mullers, die Geist im letzten Weg. Gott schimmeln bleiben, verstern bleiben, weg. Weil Kimmeln wird noch in sein Reusgebänk so. Seht ab an unser Trott, wir senden du. Kimmeln wird noch in sein Reusgebänk so. Seht ab so what do y'all think so far? I got to say that it's a lot of information. It really is. I, and, and a lot of it, we, I mean, mind you, most of this was filmed a year ago. Yeah. And it's more relevant today than it was then. Stuff that Dr. I just closed it. <laughs> Stuff that Dr. Zelenko was, was uh, putting out, you know, I, I mean, all of that's been proven. It's now coming out in the mainstream media um, about having AIDS. I was not, and I, I guess I missed that, but I was, I was not aware that um, top left um, that Israel was so heavily hit by Omicron, or I definitely would have gone and put that together with, oh, that's just that's jab deaths. That's um, exactly what it was. Yeah, that's how, that's absolutely what it was. Because they had no immune system left. I, I just am blown away. I don't understand. How don't we see this? How don't we see the connection between Nazi Germany in 1930 through 1936? I mean, this is all the, the buildup. I mean, they're they're trying to say, hey, look, it's the same thing. They're doing the same thing with the media. They're doing the same thing with the propaganda. They're trying to make you, the unvaccinated, feel dirty. Oh, you're a dirty unvaccinated person. You're not allowed here. Mm -hmm. How dare you? That's why now they're they're uh, they're trying to track the unvaccinated as they come into hospitals. How dare you? Shit. How dare you? But I mean, they're now they they have a new code. If you go into the hospital, they do ask you your vaccination status, and if you say you're not vaccinated, they put in they there there's a new code. Because they're trying to track you. They want to see, uh, you know, how sick you get. Who are you? But I have a feeling. They're that, not tracking, tracking the vaccine. No, I have a but, feeling that most of the unvaccinated just aren't going to go to the hospital. So it kind of defeats the purpose. But um, either way, I, I got to say the guy in New York, though. The one with the bar that got written up in the New York Times that, you know, slandered or whatever. I'm very torn on my feelings about him, to be honest. Like, he he saw the writing on the wall. He knew the stories that were passed down in his family. He knew right off the bat. His friend told him. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. And he went and he it, got jabbed and he complied the entire time. And it wasn't until the New York Times slandered him that he was like, oh, wait, you're going to come after me because you didn't say is, that I was Jewish. And now he's speaking out. I'm, I, mm. one, of the things, one of the things I've noticed, and if you watch any of the other ones who are third, fourth generation Holocaust survivors, mm -hmm. um, I found it interesting that they claim they're a Holocaust survivor because honestly, they're not. Their their parents were. 
Mm-hmm. Their parents were Holocaust survivors. They are the first generation after the Holocaust. Uh, and if anything, something should be said about them too. I mean, you yeah. should get your uh, whatever. I, I, but if you don't, if you is, don't pay attention to the stories and uh, abide by what they teach you, then how can you claim to be a Holocaust survivor? My point is this: he never lived it. He doesn't know what it's like. He yes, he heard the stories. But he has no idea what it's like. You can't explain what it's like. For instance, our grandkids, when our kids finally have kids, okay, Mm -hmm. when they turn around and they look at this moment, they're going to ask us, what was it like to be told that you have to go get a jab? What was it like? How can you explain that in words that people can understand, that they can feel the same emotion that you felt? That you heard the voice in your head that said, hey, don't Don't get this shit. Yeah. How can you explain that? You can't. You can explain the story. You can explain the circumstances. You can explain everything surrounding it. But you can't add that extra bit of emotion. For instance, I can tell you all stories all day long about the shit I saw fighting. You will never understand the smells you'll never understand what it smells like during a firefight how just the smell at the right time can turn me off because all of a sudden i go back somewhere that you don't even want to be at just from a smell and yet you know Lindsay said something in the chat earlier i think maybe it was during the first episode that um sometimes she gets or she got a flash and she hadn't thought about it for a long time, a flash of uh, living during World War II and and doing the same thing she's doing now, standing up against them, not complying, disobeying. And and someone proposed, maybe that's a, you know, a past life. I don't think it's a past life. I think it's a genetic memory. I think it's an inherited memory passed down. You know, like um, Dustin was talking about when we had him on about... Uh, curses that get passed down family wise how can a a curse get passed down unless there's a genetic memory you know so i think maybe some some families some bloodlines it's not just the stories that you hear from your grandparents it's those those memories that are passed down that feeling of do not comply Uh, certainly in all of this, uh, it was uh, my grandpa was always in the back of my head. I always heard him telling me the Nazis didn't lose, the Germans lost. The Nazis are coming back. They're already here. They've been here. It's really funny because I thought about that too. I was thinking about my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Because my father, he loves to take all of the credit for me joining the military. Mm. However, it wasn't Eh, my father played about a 20% role in that. I mean, he convinced a judge to give you the option rather than go to jail. But my grand, but it was, no, it was my grandfather because my grandfather, he, you got to remember, he lost his leg the first day of the war. He was wounded on Point to Hawk. He was one of the 38 fucking Rangers, the retards, as I like to call them that climbed up the mountain during like a horrible gale, like four storm along the coast of France thought that was a good idea. I was like, y'all are fucking crazy. First of all, 
and then took on a battery of 155, 153 millimeter howitzers that were aimed off the coast. And he lost his leg that day, came home. And like me, uh, you know, I got fucked up. I came home and asked her how long I sat around for before I finally said, look, I can do something else. I'm not dead yet. It wasn't very long. They acted like he was already in his coffin. He lived vicariously through all of his buddies and the stories that he got and all the shit they did. He's got pictures of these guys doing shit in Germany. In He tracked them as they went through every other country because everybody sent them letters telling them what was going on, telling them who got killed, who survived. He never got to see the war up other than the first couple of days. And that was it. So I, I always think about that because he was the one, he told me all these stories. He's like, I never lived it. It wasn't mine. I can't tell you about it. I can tell you about my own story. But he said that was just a night and I was done. I was out of the war and he was back home. Well, my grandpa told a lot of stories of the war, primarily how he diced and gambled his way through survival. <laughs> For most, the most part. Most other things. Those are the stories he told us. There were lots of other stories. I know there were stories that he told you that he did not share with us. Nope. But um th those were the stories that that he told us of, you know, how uh they stopped in Paris and he asked the conductor what time the train was leaving and he said six o'clock and he thought that was six o'clock the next morning and it was actually six o'clock that evening. He thought they had like twelve hours and they actually had like you know six hours six hours and yeah anyway so he missed the train and then all of his buddies that night were the following night were in a barn dicing and gambling and uh the germans dropped a bomb on the barn and there were no survivors and my grandpa's like i'd have been right in the middle because i was always the one with the cards um so uh yeah he somehow managed to survive his way through the war it's uh that's a that was a crazy time back then. I he man. never would answer the question of how he managed to rescue my grandma from Germany before Germany got liberated. But yeah, now he didn't answer that question for me. <laughs> well, not to you all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he told me. I know he did. All right. So, um, do we want to take a, a y'all y'all want a five minute break before we start part three here? We'll play some ads. You all can go and. Take a leak and get a, and get a beer, or get a refresher, make sure that your bowl's topped off or whatever you're doing, taking care of yourself, hopefully, because uh, we can do a couple ads here real quick. Because yeah, we're like three hours in and we probably have another Two, three hours to go. Yeah, probably yeah. somewhere so. around there. So we're going to take a quick ad break. Yeah. We'll play something long. Let me see. What uh, capital punishment. Yeah. yeah. We'll play this and then we'll get right back into this. Yeah. Bye. This is treason. Where is he? Officer, I can't breathe. I can't even.
I'm Nick Searcy. On January 6, 2021, I went to Washington, D.C., along with multitudes of other Americans, because we believed that the election was stolen. I saw with my own eyes what happened that day. And what they show you on the media doesn't tell half the story. Here's the Capitol, and here's people going in there. They didn't show all of this out here. I saw people of all colors, races, creeds, Asian Americans for Trump, blacks for Trump. I even saw a guy wearing a shirt that said fags for Trump. And since I'm from California, I knew that guy. We're from Iowa. Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm here standing with my fellow patriots. We all standing for America. Despite what the media tells you, boots on ground definitely say something different. There is a sea of nothing but red, white, and blue patriots. These are damn working people right here. They want their country back. We're marching for the Constitution. We're not, it ain't really about Trump. It's about us now. They're, they're attacking us and we're tired of it. We had a foreign attack and they had domestic support. This is about individual liberty. We don't believe the media. We don't believe you. We don't, we'd have no faith in our institutions. The FBI is now being sent out by Joe Biden to punish people. We're at war. They're hunting down Trump supporters like dogs. Let me say that again, we're at war. 147 days since my wife was murdered and executed. The FBI, you have a federal search warrant for the property. Come out with your I step hands. out, I have red dots all over my chest. They broke the door down. Put hands up, hands up, put your hands on the wall, hands up. I was in jail for four straight days. I, I kept banging on the door saying, I have never had a phone call. The sixth was all deception. The level of sophistication and tactic is immense. Oh, I recognize you from Portland. I've seen people from Portland here, Antifa. I was paid to pretend to protest. We need to come together as Americans again and remember why we started this country. An insurrection without arms? What are they talking about? And why are they lying? It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now.
we'll be yes. back tomorrow night, 5.45 for yep. Liana's Lounge. And 6 p.m. the show will start immediately. Uh, Liana should be, be on tomorrow morning at mm -hmm. 9.05. 9 mm -hmm. So uh, go check her out over the Pelt site. If you're already there, then it's real easy now. You can like her show just like you like our show. Yeah. We will be broadcasting here shortly from Kick. Kick. Um, we will officially announce it tomorrow night. Tuesday night will be the first night that we do it. We already started an account there because we did get eliminated from all of our Twitch accounts, just in case you're aware. Except for Cannabis Except for Combat. But it's not ours. So we're not pushing that one right now. We will keep it up and we will keep broadcasting to it just like we always have. But we will be broadcasting to Kick now in the mm -hmm. future. Um, we're really fuck Twitch. Yep. Fuck them right in their fuck holes because I don't even want to deal with them. Not even bring them up. Fuck them. They're a bunch of bitches. Mm. Go figure. They won't even let me, like, they won't even let me go into appeal now. Yeah. So fuck, fuck them. They're done. I'm done. I'm done with them. Anyhow. Uh, we will be broadcasting to Kick. So yep. check us out on Kick. Uh, it is another platform that I believe the chat will show up here. I'm not sure. Gotta no idea. check. Uh, if that. not, we'll figure out another way to broadcast mm -hmm. that chat. We are trying to figure out another way to bring up the D Live chat. So if you're in D Live and you listen in D Live, we're going to have a D live chat up here soon. Uh, we have already figured out a way to do it. Um, it'll take a little bit, but a little finagling, nothing big. Yep. Either way, uh, for everybody else, I hope you fuckers have CLB, a great CLB Liana's show goes on for like five hours. So every yeah. day. She goes from nine until two. She has a hard stop at 2 p.m. So even if you're not up at seven your time, um, tune in when you get up. She'll yeah, be on. She'll be on. Yeah. And she doesn't mind it when you tune in halfway through. Yeah. Trust me. I we, listen we jump in and out in all the time. All the day. Yeah. Because I'm working and I try to listen as much as I can, but um it won't play on TV. Pilled. Oh, it won't really. You got to do it through an uh, internet browser. Yeah, like, you got to do it through yeah. an internet browser. On yeah. if you're going to do it on your TV, do it through an internet browser. Either way, uh, we will be back tomorrow night. Yep. And uh, that's it. Hey, if you know anybody dinner. that's looking for us, please let them know where we're at. And we had to move because Twitch fucked us. Just send them to the website patriotpartypod.com. Everything and, now and is can... updated. It will bring mm -hmm. them to a spot that we're actually playing at. So. Yep. Everything's there. We will be adding the kick, uh, kick, kick account there, account there too as well. Yep. So either way, for the Mick and B Lynn, you guys have a great fucking night, and we will see you tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Thanks for watching. Good night, fuckers, and uh, we'll see you later. And thanks to Vera. From the woods to the plate Ain't never went hungry Ain't never too late To come around here Sun running your mouth You can fuck around and find out You can fuck around and find out You can't make it through the snakes Snares and alligators But once you get to the gate You can't depend on your waiters Cause you'll be over your tater I'm talking growing tomatoes yeah. Feeding the worms I fish with later I'll have a fish stick over a six foot grave before I take a knee as our anthem plays. My hands on my heart, I stand on what I say. And my second amendment handles what I can. I ain't trying to be feeling badass or talk shit. I'm just saying, there's the line. Don't cross it. I got a red rod gun when I was three, so I don't run to hide from anything. Bitch, I'm a red
Fuck around and find out. 